Hello, Bobcats. I'm news editor Taylor Tompkins, and I'm here with Kelsey Bradshaw, and here is your weekly roundup. Today is March 7th, 2014, and this is your week in headlines. Local businesses are expecting a boost from South by Southwest festival goers. Hotels say their vacancies are filling quickly, and the San Marcos Tourism Department expects more dollars for local businesses because of this influx of people. A former Texas State professor died over the weekend after being injured in an accident at an HEB parking lot. What police described as an elderly driver lost control of his car and hit the man and four to five other vehicles. No charges have been filed against the driver. So the Pride in Action campaign wrapped up this weekend. Um, this has been an eight-year-long campaign to raise money for the university. They were hoping to raise $110 million, but they actually ended up raising $151 million, which is by far a lot more than they thought they would. Kelsey, you talked to Dr. Barbara Breyer. What did she have to say about it? I did. Um, Barbara Breyer is the vice president of university advancement, and she was telling me how all of the funds are being designated for scholarships and endowed um, professorships and facility improvements, um, and there's just like specific priorities that they're going to. And then she was saying how it's the largest campaign the university has ever done, and it was a very successful campaign just because of how much extra they made. The university is trying to be cautious with the demolition of Clear Springs as well, which is something else you reported on this week. Um, they are building fences to try to keep sediment down, all that good stuff. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, there was a lot of concern with the endangered species and the wild rice that's in the river. And so what they've done is they've already put up a fence. That's what Juan Guerra, the associate vice president of facilities, was saying. And um, it goes from the river's edge across Loop 82 and wraps all the way back around the Hilburn house that's behind Clear Springs and it just makes sure that like any loose dirt and that they're gonna have a lot of loose dirt isn't flowing off into the river and creating like a sediment buildup. Um, I know the River Foundation has had some issues with university construction kind of interfering with the river. Did you talk to anyone about that? Yes, I spoke with Diane Wasnick and um, she was telling me how there are um, construction inspectors that come out and they um, educate the contractors that come in and they watch everything very closely and they just make sure that there's no violations. Yeah. UPD has made headlines lately here at the University Star. Two weeks ago we reported Texas State had the highest on-campus drug-related arrest rate per thousand students in the state. Last month, Faculty Senate also brought up concerns about how the campus is seemingly more crime-ridden than ever before. I sat down with UPD Police Chief Ralph Meyer and Captain Daniel Benitez to discuss news that has been coming through UPD lately. First, I'm going to start off uh, with a question that kind of came from Twitter. Um, okay. Students, faculty, and staff have voiced some concerns over the safety of the campus because of a seemingly increased number of assaults and armed robberies mm -hmm. near and around campus. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the claims of increased numbers are founded? There, there has been, there's more announcements of it. This is, goes back to 1990 when the Clarity Act, or the Students' Right to Know Act, was created when a, a young lady was, was uh, killed in a dorm in, in, in the 90s. With this, the, the university didn't do their, didn't have to report their crimes. And so the parents were rightfully said that this should this should be a, a federal law. And so, since that time, the Department of, of Education D, D, DEO uh, Education has been upgrading every every legislature. They've been more in if more intense on getting the, the program through. And so, in the past, you would just send out a, a timely warning. Well, now it's getting to be a critical need. And ever since 9-11, there's been a, a, a 
great urgency for it to sending out the messages and so that's why we're getting more and more edges we we uh go on the side of, of rather sending you something than, than just holding back on it so with the with the kind of the new changes that come out every year new changes come out uh, from Clary and uh, you know we, we had to educate ourselves just to make sure that we don't break those rules and and uh, so as new information is coming out you know at first um, you didn't have to do anything if it was off campus uh, so now you have to do proximity uh, so what we do is we got to make sure as to what proximity really is um, and we have to make that decision as to how close to campus do we really have to report uh, to make sure that our students have the knowledge that, hey, a crime has occurred in this area, you need to know that it occurred and, and, and either stay away from that area or don't be by yourself. And so therefore, we, we try to make sure that uh, we arm our students with that information so um, they're aware of it and they don't get, put themselves in that position to be a victim. Um, I know you recently addressed Faculty Senate because of the increased number of yes, alerts and um, they kind of brought to you that um, it's kind of projecting in this image mm -hmm. of an unsafe campus. Uh, do you think that is the case, that people are perceiving it that way? Unfortunately, I believe, believe they are, but it, it's it's the educational thing. In other words, we're, we're encouraged, every time we send out one of those messages, we try to t get more and more people to sign up for the rave or to, for the emergency message because that's how things, in, in an emergency, that's how, that only the best way to do it is through a text. Or, or through the, the through the email, but the text works the best, and we would like to have 100 percent of the uh, of the population of the university be on the, on that receiving it. In a report by uh, Rehabs.com, Texas State was said to have the most drug arrest of any university in the state per mm -hmm. thousand. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that that is? I think that our officers are there. They're out there. Uh, patrolling the area and they we take drug as a serious offense here at Texas State and uh, you know several year, years ago it was a zero drug policy I mean if zero if you caught with drugs well you're kicked out of school well that's that's not what it is now but it's still a very serious and I think we're just we're in fact enforcing the law and, and to to the degree that needs to be enforced uh, well, you know, we can't really speak for other universities and how they, they report their their drug offenses. Uh, but with, um, you know, as well as uh, our police department, uh, we, we take a, a lot of education for our officers to go out there and, and uh, make sure that uh, they know that they're up to date on all the drugs as, as well as to be uh, involved with the community. So being more involved with the community and being inside our academic buildings and being inside our residence halls, uh, you're going to be exposed to a lot more. And being exposed to a lot more, you have to act of what the law states. And therefore, uh, I can probably say as the ventures why some of the drug offenses uh, are more uh, there. So I, I don't, I can't speak for other universities of how they conduct their business, uh, but we're very proactive, uh, and we have we've done a lot of proactive cases in which. You know, there's there's stats out there that that you can't calculate. Uh, if you uh, for being proactive, you, you you if you saw an individual, you can't report if you didn't see the individual what he was actually going to do. I wish there was a way 
uh, because that would be a, a, a number that would be very, very interesting as to, uh, you know, being proactive is, is what you stopped in the future uh, rather than being reactive and being uh, going out there. But, uh, you know, our officers that we have, our, our, our turnover here at the, at the police department in the last decade has gone down. So we've able to retain our officers that have been working here. Um, and so they kind of know the ins and outs and, and how our, our, uh, how different individuals uh, partake in, in the drug activity. Uh, we know the trends. We know what's in and uh, what's out. And, and uh, you know, sometimes being, being stuck in the office, uh, as, as my job uh, demands, uh, you know, all the reports that come in, and that's how I learn. But uh, you get the reports that are coming in of what the trends are and everything else. And sometimes it's, it's kind of surprising. But, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to try to do the best, and, and we got to do what the law uh, says that we need to do. And, and that's why uh, we're very transparent of, of, of what the law requires us to, to be. And, uh, and that's why those uh, drug offenses have uh, uh, kind of, I don't know if they've risen, or, if, or if, but, you know, how, how we have a high number per thousand students. For more of that interview, head over to universitystar.com to check out the full version. Last week, the Board of Regents held their quarterly meeting here on campus to discuss changes for universities across the system. Kelsey, you covered the meeting. What big changes were discussed for Texas State? Uh, the new dorm that's going to be in West Campus next to Blanco Residence Hall, they announced the names for the two buildings that are connected with a community building in the middle. Um, the north side of the project is going to be called the Elizabeth Falls Residence Hall, and Elizabeth Falls was an early faculty member at Texas State, one of the original residence halls that was demolished um, when the Performing Arts Center was built was called Falls Hall, and so this is being named for her again. And then the south side is going to be called the Jesse Sayers Residence Hall, and that is another early faculty member at Texas State who had an original residence hall that was torn down for some other construction. Um, she is also the author of the words for the Texas State alma mater. So. That's interesting. And then the middle part of the building, it's going to be called the Fall Sayers Housing Community Building, and that's just the center that combines the two. Yeah, I also heard that the Undergraduate Admissions Center is going to be named after Richard A. Castro, who I believe is an alumni, and the second pack end zone uh, room is going to be changed to the J. Garland Warren Room. He was actually the one that started second pack in San Marcos, and then um, he they sold off the company, and so now they're naming it after him to kind of honor him. So I know those changes are coming up, and that's exciting. Um, I believe they're also adding a degree to Round Rock, right? Yes. Um, the degree already exists here at the San Marcos campus. Um, it is the Bachelor of General Studies degree, and what it is is you select from three different areas of study, and it's kind of like an interdisciplinary degree. Um, and it's going to be offered on the Round Rock campus now um, after the Board of Regents approved it. Absolutely. Um, and I know uh, our provost, Eugene Bourgeois, had a lot to say about Star Park and all the research that's going on there. Can you tell me a little bit more about what he filled the Board of Regents in on? Uh, Star Park, it's located on McCarty Lane, and they shared a video with the board that talked about the companies that are currently housed at the research park and what kinds of products that they're going to be de developing there. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us here on Weekly Roundup. Tune in after spring break for more of your Bobcat news.